Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's gotten better. He's worked hard to improve his skill. He's worked hard to, um, you know, do a lot of things, especially on the defensive end of the floor, that he's, he's just improved from a technique standpoint. Um, he still can get better. And, um, you, know, you know, you don't want this necessarily to be the highlight of your year. So um, I think that, you know, hopefully he will uh, continue to improve at a good rate. Um, but he, he really has done a lot of good things. Um, you know, no matter what his minutes were throughout the preseason, he's been pretty consistently as far as producing. Uh, I think last year, I mean, watched a lot of family with my father. He um, showed me a lot of clips of um, what I can do off the dribble or whether it's not always popping to three, rolling sometimes. And, and he really helped me out. And uh, I'm, just, I'm taking that and, walk, and running with it. Celtics win 186 in their final preseason game in 2014. This is the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Jared Weiss, Jimmy Toscano, Julian Edlow, in case you forgot, WEI.com, CLNSRadio.com, new member of the show. I just got squitted live on TV, but this is pre-recorded, so it doesn't matter. Celtics win 186. Marcus Smart, big half, didn't play in the second half. Jared Solinger, big game, played the second half. Let's talk about Jared Solinger first. So Brad Stevens talked about his improvements. Now, the three-point shot's a pretty obvious one, Jimmy. Uh, but yes. he's rebounding like Dennis Rodman out there right now. That's, but that's what he does. Yeah. Um, like the three-point shot is kind of the story, right? Because the rebounding, we've seen him go off for 20 rebounds last year. He's got that big body, big lower body, I should say. Uh, and he's he just nose for the ball. Some guys are just, like you said, Dennis Robbins, one of those guys Doc Rivers mentioned. Some guys just have a nose for the ball. They know where the ball is going to be off the shot, off the rim. And that's Sellinger's one of those guys. The shot is just blowing my mind right now. I mean, last year he shot, I want to say, 24% or something around 24% from three-point range. This preseason, it's at like 50-something. I mean, it's, it's it's a crazy number that he's obviously not going to maintain, but it just goes to show you how much better of an outside shooter he is this preseason compared to last season. And honestly, if that becomes part of his game more consistently, so you're going to see defenders playing so far up on him where it's going to open things up down low for the next guy. And it, and if he works on his speed, at some point loses maybe a couple pounds and he can flow by some of those bigger defenders. Brad Stevens said it. He's sudden, he, hasn't, he didn't say the word suddenly, but to me it's kind of sudden. He's become their main scorer. Where a couple years ago, Doc Rivers literally said they don't drop a single play for Jared Selinger. And now he goes from that to being their, maybe their, their biggest you know, offensive threat. Yeah, you know, he, he only went one for four from three tonight. But, I mean, you're right, overall in the preseason, right. he's shooting night and day better than he was last year. And, you know, he... This is becoming like a classic Jared Sollinger stat line where he goes for 15 points and 17 boards. He played yeah. almost 26 minutes in this game. So, And he's coming off the 19 rebound game uh, in Brooklyn and that in a shortened game, albeit mm -hmm. um, only 44 minutes. So, you know, we talked last time we were here about Sullinger and you know what his ceiling is this season and can he be an all-star and you know since the first preseason game I think all of our opinions of him have only gone up in terms of what his ceiling is right. this uh, this upcoming season. So should we reassess the question that we answered in the Twitter bag last week? Do we think Jared Sullinger has a, a minimal shot of being an all-star team contender? A minimal shot? Sure yeah. but I don't think I think you have to really put everything in perspective I mean tonight for example 
who the heck even started for the the Nets? You know what I mean? Like Plumley, and that's they, about it. Yeah, they didn't yeah. they didn't play half their guys, so you really have to put it all in perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take anything away from Selinger's numbers this preseason, but it is preseason. The games don't count. It's good to see him improve his shots. Good to see him still rebounding, and being aggressive. But I'm not gonna like change my complete expectations for every player based on their preseason performances. That's fair. Um, I think one of the questions we talked about was him being a 20-point scorer. And, yeah. you know, I, I still think that's out of reach for him. Yeah. But the all-star question, I think, again, you don't want to put, put too much weight on the preseason, but I think that that is uh, a much more relevant question now from what I've seen from Jared Sullinger to this point and what we're expecting from him in the regular season. Well, it's important to temper expectations because it's exactly what you said. Plumlee, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna guess here, Mason Plumlee, Wild guess, yes. but I think that's right because yes. I never, I never right. had a right, even a couple of years in. But you know, Plumlee was the only good big man that they had going tonight. That's part of their rotation. I mean, they have Allen Anderson going; he's more of a three, and they have Mirza Toledovic, who's kind of like a three or four hybrid. Yeah. The only big man that the Nets would actually really put out there in the top of their rotation is Plumlee. So those Plumlee. numbers are inflated. And, and Plumlee, Plumlee went for fifteen and eleven. He had tonight, a good so game. Good game. Dude, yeah. I, I am Team Plumlee. I really like Plumlee yeah. a lot. Plumlees or Plumlee? Plumlee. He was on the I'm USA not, team. I know. Over which the summer. He, and some people, get think, some people think that he shouldn't have been there. I say keep him there. He's a young, he's a young big man. I, I, I think he's so underrated, and I think he's gonna have a big year, especially yeah. if somebody like Garnett and obviously Brooke Lopez can't stay healthy. If those guys go down or, or they can't play him every yeah. game, he's gonna step in and put up way better numbers than he put up last year. Good fantasy basketball tip right there. All right, hot sports takes there. So, Marcus Smart, let's talk about him to finish off this video. So he had a really big first half, and then he didn't even play in the second half. Not really that he didn't really need to. I mean, they were destroying the Nets for most of the game. But he is hitting some of his threes. The shot selection isn't ideal, but like Brad Stevens said at the top of this video, they're emphasizing him running the team, not worrying about shot selection as much. And he is doing it just by just kind of by breaking through the defense. I mean, Julian, he he really makes offense by just getting and just kind of breaking through and seeing what sticks once he hits the ball. Yeah, I saw a lot from Marcus Smart that I liked tonight. For starters, he well, he started at point guard for the first time in a little while and again seemed comfortable with that role. But he didn't rely on the three-point shot as much. He did take it, I think, the first Celtics possession and he switched it out of the corner. But yep. from then on, he really relied more on kind of slashing through the lane, getting into the paint, drawing contact. He went four four from the line. Um, I can remember, I think, three contested layups that he had in that second quarter. It might have been two. Um, but really good things happen when Smart gets into the paint. He had four assists as well in only his 15 minutes in the first half. So I did really want to see him play the second half, though, because I wanted to see him put this together as a game. You know, we saw him score 16 points in the first half. If he had gotten his minutes in the second half and made this a 30, 32 minute game for him, you know, could he put forward 28 points, eight assists, four steals on, you know, 50% or so shooting? That was kind of the only piece that we missed from him in tonight. But in the first half, you have to love what you saw. Yeah. Well, that's it for this one. Part two coming up. Before we go there, remind you to like us on Facebook. Garden, search the Garden Report Celtics. Uh, tweet us, of course, at Julian Edlow, at Jimmy underscore Destano, and at CLNS underscore Jared Weiss. Do it there. And we're excited to announce that CLNS Radio has finally launched our mobile app. 
So you can download that in the nice. App Store. Link below, link in the description for this video. Like this video and we'll like you back. We'll see you in part two. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that we've spent a ton of time with him on um, on that exact thing. I mean, we talk about it every day, but it's not like it's, it's been our focus as far as we, we want him to learn what we're doing first and foremost. Um, but that is something that certainly that you know, you have all this film to work with now. You know, you're able to sit down after each game and, and evaluate what you can do better. The thing that I'd, I'd err on the side of is talking less about shot selection and talking more about running offense and, and understanding that you're out there directing because the last thing you need somebody to do is be unconfident. And, you know, I want our guys to, to be confident when they raise up and shoot, not second-guessing whether it's a good or bad shot. Um, it's, it's a high level. My confidence is, is very high right now, you know, um, from game one, especially from game one, you know, um, didn't shoot the ball very well. I think I was over eight on the field and, you know, I didn't really you know, feel like uh, I belonged out there and, um, you know, kept playing and, and my teammates kept me up. When you shoot over eight and you have those critics saying, oh, he can't shoot the ball, does that kind of make you play with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Every day. I mean, as a competitor, when someone tells you something, you can't do something, um, you're always going to have a chip on your shoulder to prove them wrong. <laughs> uh, Chicago's been playing good and struggling. Huh? I thought we were talking about the Patriots. <laughs> Go ahead. You ever talk about basketball? No. Chandler Jones, that's a I just see the growth. I think the growth with, with the coaching staff, the growth with the players, the team we have. Uh, <laughs> Last year, you know, you kind of look back on last year. It was it was expected. I don't think we had a bad year. Um, it's kind of confusing, but you know, at the same point, bringing a new coach, new system, a college coach that comes into the NBA, uh, that's tough enough as it is. Now you're trying to figure out 15 different personalities, trying to get everybody to buy into your system and get on the same page. And then you got players is coming in, you throw them together, trying to learn a new coach system, trying to learn a new system. Period. As far as your teammates and chemistry, so. Um, it was a process in, in the making. I think this year has proven that, you know, it's a lot different. We know what to expect from coach. He knows what to expect from different types of players. Uh, you know, you don't have that, that, that filling out period where you got to fill out this guy or fill out this combination of what. You know, he knows exactly what rotations he wants, exactly what guys he wants in what position. And we know and expect what, what he wants from us out on the court. So we're back for part two. We're going to look at what just happened in the preseason and then look ahead to what's going to happen opening night. So let's just start with, Julian, what is your one big takeaway from what happened in the preseason? Big takeaway from the preseason, I think, is just that this team is more confident than last year under Brad Stevens. We've heard a lot of the players say, you know, we know what to expect from him now, and they're going out there with this new offense that they're running, trying to put the pedal to the metal and get up and down the floor. And, you know, it seems to be, it seems to be working in the sense that you know, they may not be a playoff caliber team this year, but I think we are going to see some big improvements as to where this team was last year under Brad Stevens. I think when you just look at the, some of the players that they've added to the team, when you look at Evan Turner, you look at Marcus Smart, you look at some of those guys, I was interested in just how those guys would gel with the team, especially Evan Turner, and I think he's had some up and down, ups and downs, and that's kind of been the story about him, but I really think that Brad Stevens is going to find ways to play him and use him to whatever need the Celtics have at that time, whether it's point guard on opening night or whether it's small forward game 15 if Jeff Green needs, needs you know, is injured or, or for whatever reason. I'm not saying he will be, but 
I, I really, I think that was a sneaky good sign. I really do, and I, I think that he's going to find ways to play him when, even when Rondo comes back and forces him out of the starting lineup. I still think he's going to find ways to to get him in there and get plenty of amount of minutes. Well, for me, it's the offensive system. I'm kind of a little bit blown away by how good this offensive system looks this early on. Mm-hmm. Now they don't they don't quite have the talent to pull it off to the degree that a lot of the top tier teams do, but you're seeing that they really it looks like they're almost mimicking what the Spurs were doing last year. They have a lot they're not really setting a lot of picks. It's a lot of kind of motion offense, rub screen stuff like that. They're doing a lot of kind of curled runs where they're basically just trying to run in circles until they eventually get the defense out of position. Yeah. And they're really taking advantage of where they're getting corner shooters. Brandon Bass now shooting the three, which is huge. I mean, Brandon Bass shooting the corner three is going to really change what he's able to do and his value on the court, especially the other teams that are going to be wanting to trade for him later this year. But they, they, they look like they have a really well-run offense now. They need Rondo to really pull it off. They need a little bit more talent, a little bit better performance, and they could be a team that contends for the playoffs. It's probably not going to be happening this year, but it could happen maybe as soon as next year based on the way that they're able to execute you talk about bass shooting the three, well, it's not just bass. It's, it's almost everybody, right? Well, yeah. they, they led yeah. the preseason in three-point shots, and, and listen, Stevens is an analytics guy. He knows that the number three is worth more than the number two. And if, and if <laughs> It is larger. He does know that. Yeah, he, he and you have to be an analytics guy to get that. Yeah. If you, you, if just, you, you need to have that thing, you know? <laughs> so, that really is true, though. <laughs> everybody on the team shoots the three. Yeah, and they're not, and Stevens is telling them to shoot it. If it's there, shoot it. He said before the game, the shots are there. Take him. If not, drive to the hoop. He's not into the 18-footers, mid-range jumpers. He wants the high percentage shots at the rim or the shots worth more from the threes, especially the corner threes that you just mentioned. I, when you said that, it's true. I thought you were going to say, it is true, three is larger than two. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do know. know that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we're math whizzes here. So let, let's do the rotations. Let's figure out what we think this lineup's going to be. So it's looking like right now we got Smart at point, Bradley at the two, Green at the three, Sully at the four, Olenek at the five. Are there any objections there? No. I don't think so, but it wouldn't shock me yeah, if like, anything was if different. If Evan Turner's at point guard game one. Really? I mean, it, it could that, happen. Yeah. yeah. It could Smart happen. Smart could be coming off the bench. Yeah. Rondo could be playing game one. Then what happens? Well, that's the Rondo, <laughs> Rondo comes yeah. in, it's a completely different thing. Now, the, the bench is another story. I mean, you've got guys like... Bass, who are going to be looking for some playing time, and you get the guy that I think is going to be most looking for playing time, Gerald Wallace. And he, as we know, he's he's not a guy that's just going to sit there quietly and and just sort of take a take a non-role. I mean, I, I think yeah. he cracks the rotation towards the end. I'm interested to see um, how he reacts to that on on the court and off the court, and see how his he might be okay with it to start because his knee is not completely. I don't think he's completely confident in, in his, his. He even knee. said that yeah. tonight. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, and we saw that actually on the court when yeah. he probably could have thrown down a, a dunk and instead went for the went for the layup. Exactly and he, he, he said on that about. specific play that he didn't have the confidence to go up because of his knee. Okay, yeah. it was shocking. It's like six foot eight, athletic yeah. Gerald Wallace, wide open dunk, and then he takes a layup. It was kind of weird. Um, Zeller. So yeah, so I mean, yeah. Right now, so let's say the starting five is that, and then Rondo comes in, whether it's the first game or the first couple weeks of the season. You got Smart as maybe the sixth man, basically with Turner. And then, so you have Wallace, Bass, and Zeller. As, yep. That's a 10-man rotation. That's pretty deep. You have James Young and Phil Pressey and Marcus Thornton sitting a little bit deeper in that rotation. I just don't think James Young's going to – he can't be in the rotation right now, right? Yeah. I mean, he hasn't played enough. He's going to have to get way more acclimated with the system and during practice. 
And I know that he said um, at media day that he doesn't want to go to the D League at all. But listen, you got to get you got to get reps out on the court. You got to get playing time. And if you're just riding on the end of the bench, you're not helping yourself at all. Mm. So we'll yeah. see if the Celtics designate him for assignment to the D League come Monday evening, I believe is when the, the, the players that they just cut will be eligible to go down to the D-League, and it sounds like... They may not do it right away. For yeah. Them, you know. So, I mean, Young could start on the roster and then work... They, they actually... I mean, they, they have flexibility. They have to they have to figure out what they're going to do with Will Bynum. It looks like there's an extremely likely chance that he's going to be cut, yes. maybe traded, but it's going to be pretty tough to trade a guy away right before, right when all the roster cuts are happening. You know and if happening. Ainge can find a way to get anything... <laughs> That's certainly anything. true. And there are teams out there that need to add players to their roster to fill out the end of their roster. So it, it could happen. It could happen. But we'll wait and see. But it, for me, it looks like Marcus Thornton's going to be a deep bench heat check kind of guy. Because he's when you look but at the bench, need he's, offense, gonna, but yeah. if they need offense, they need they deep have shooting. To he's the guy. There's going to be cool. nights they're going to get down in the first quarter, Absolutely. and yeah. Brad Stevens is going to look down the bench and throw him in and right. tell him to start even him. And that's Definitely. what's that's what's good about this team. They don't have a lot of guys that can really take over games right now, but they've got good, well-rounded depth on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were a playoff team, they'd be in good shape, but they're not a playoff team, so their depth isn't going to serve them really <laughs> as well. But it is going to help them get through the season healthy because they have guys that they can plug into certain scenarios. They have guys that can fill in if there's ever an injury. I mean, they have the roster they need to be able to get through the year soundly. Probably won't be as ugly as it was last year, but we're not going to be seeing them going on seven-game winning streaks. I think Vegas, Vegas has them at 26 and a half games. I, I think I would take the over. Yeah. I'm thinking low 30s. I think I predicted 29 wins in my preseason uh, ESPN ranking, so we'll we'll see. But They were 27 uh, last year. Right? Yeah. So not a huge improvement. Yeah. You're right. 25. Not a huge improvement, but we'll see. But uh, it's been a fun preseason. Yeah. And Five and three. We've only had two games in the garden, so we haven't seen you guys a ton, but we're going to see you a lot this year. So show Lucky us some you. love, like everything. We'll see you on Facebook. We'll see you on Twitter. Uh, we're going to keep bringing you these. We're going to keep doing Twitter bags. Uh, we even got a poster for it now. So whenever we do a Twitter bag, we'll tweet out the poster and everything. Uh, but it's going to be fun, and we're going to talk to you a lot this year. So for Julian, for Jimmy, I'm Jared. Music brought to you by Teddy Rockspin and Sweatbox. We're out of here. Celtics win 186. It's the end of the preseason and the end of the Garden Report on Celtics blog and CLNS Radio.